Cartridge. My name is Trevor Strunk, Pigglebot on Twitter. And uh, I thought a nice change of pace uh, from recent discourse uh, would be actually talking about some games instead of uh, uh, games we can play instead of games that we uh, think we will never play. And in the interest of that, I brought my, my good friend, uh, Tony Palumbi, uh, who you've heard in other episodes, uh, onto the show uh, because... He's he's played them, folks. He's played the new games. Uh, Tony, hello. Hello. It's great to be back. Um, welcome back. You you were you were at uh, PAX. Uh, yes, that's the thing that that's the thing that occurs in the world. Uh, yeah. That, uh, are, oh, well, first off, are you are you healthy and safe? Oh yeah, I am perfectly healthy and perfectly fine. Uh, I'm fortunate that my day to day is not very affected by this, and uh, yeah, I recently got back from a pack i guess it was like three weeks ago i got back from uh from pax east having gone to pax south before that like I, i've mentioned this in the other episodes but uh i have a book on world of warcraft and i go around to various cons uh the pax ones in particular because they're very big um and uh give talks about wow history to people so that's okay. kind of yeah. my that's that's kind of uh, I don't know why my, I say I, the audience knows i know that <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my that's one of the things i do uh i i go around to cons uh particularly all, all the paxes and i give these wow history talks which people seem to like and they're they're really gratifying so that's cool uh and so i was at south and at east and East was like a month earlier this year than it was last year, and goodness was that fortunate timing for them because <laughs> uh, it, it would not be happening now, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, based on every single thing that's happened and every single event that got canceled yeah. prior to, you know. Yeah, and it didn't, I mean, it wasn't a situation where people, like, felt particularly on edge or nor did it feel like an, an, an unsafe environment uh, actually being at, at PAX. Uh I mean, I'm. It's. It was fairly early in the process, I guess. Uh, and uh, I. I'd, I'd be surprised if it act, if Pax was the was the infection point. That <laughs> that was, there might have been like surprising. one person somewhere, but uh, yeah. So who knows? Uh, and I was just fortunate that that stuff happened when it did, uh, and that I was able to 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 finish off sort of this cycle of of Wow talks. Um, and then we'll That's see, great. we'll see what happens with the pack schedule going forward. I mean, the next one would normally be scheduled for Labor Day. That is quite a ways in the future. And, uh, no one knows what'll, what'll be up with that. Hopefully, uh, we'll all be feeling much more normal than, and everything will have gone just great. Uh, and it will, of course. I mean, why, why wouldn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I was happy to do that, and as I always do, uh, I, I try to take some time at PAX to check out, of course you check out the games, but the games I'm always most interested in are the ones that I haven't heard about, uh, through advertising online, so, uh, they had a bunch of cool stuff, I mean, uh, Sony had dropped out, right, but that was only yes. one small part of a gigantic uh, Expo Hall display. Uh, they had Baldur's Gate 3 there. Uh, you had to wait about two hours in line. But apparently, like, the demo itself was, like, 45 minutes, and people said it was very cool. So um, that should that should be fun. Uh, there was a whole bunch of big stuff. and uh, But I try to focus on the little stuff, uh, the upcoming games, some of which 
some of the games there are already out. Some of them are just about to come out, and some of them are like a little in the future. You know, it, it's hard to mm-hmm. it's hard to actually just know from the floor what's out and what's not because everything's playable, right? So uh, yeah, it's sure. hard to know what's a demo and what's a beta and what's part of an actual retail release until I actually go back home and look up all these things on the Steam store. Yeah, that's interesting. That's like that's that's interesting that there's such like a I don't know that it's hard to figure out like yeah well, it's I guess a that's mix. like that's a that's a flaw that's a it's a <laughs> I don't know I guess like a uh, uh, <laughs> a, a flaw or a danger of of your particular profession in going to these cons is that like you get to see all this stuff and and the way it's set up is supposed to be as user friendly as possible or user inviting as possible and that can lead you to believe things are closer than they are. Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes you see over the course, because I've been doing this for like three years now, uh, you see games like evolve and change and get rebooted uh, from mm-hmm. packs to packs. So you'll see a game, you're like, oh, that looks cool. And you look up and then you realize that it's a game that you saw last year, but now it's got a different focus and a different title. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, and that's not a good. That's not a good. Uh, it's not an auspicious not sign. sign. No. Yeah, uh, it's, it's quite bad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I put together a list of the games that I thought uh, looked really cool, games that were I think flying under people's radar, uh, at least were flying under my radar, uh, and uh, share them with your discerning audience. Uh, Wonderful! I'm t- excited. I and you have. Let's see here. Uh, if I'm counting right, 14 games, um, which I will, I will, I will insist. We uh, just because uh, I have been watching, uh, or I'm not watching, but with two children all day, every day for the past <laughs> uh, for uh, six days or so, and, and for the future uh, X days or so. So uh, I will, I will, I will be, I will be putting the the uh, speed run strat on for this episode. Uh, but only insofar as I want to get to all of these. Um, and so I'm excited to see uh, what's, what's in here. Um, do, you, do you have any that you want to start with, or do you want to start at the I'm top? I'm just going to start at the top. I figure nice. they're not in any particular order. I guess the, the ones at the, the, the top tended to be ones from, uh, from South. Uh, okay. Just because that was at the top of my my notes app, right? Uh, so uh, South That's is fine. actually South is cool. It tends to be a bunch of like little kind of smallish studios there because it's the smallest of the Paxes, um, and it's the one in the middle of the country. So uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of easier and cheaper for a is lot. Sa- of so South guys. is in the middle of the country. Why? Is well, that, I mean, I uh, from an east to west sense. perspective. Oh, oh <laughs> it's okay, in San Antonio. Sorry. I was like, it's in they, San Antonio. Did they just not have anything in the South. Um, uh, yeah, just but yeah, there's a bunch of developers in Texas and uh, in the Midwest and in Central and South America who find it uh, easier oh, cool. and, and cheaper to, to to go to Pack South. So, oh, that totally uh, makes sense. Yeah, so it's a it's a cool setup. It's like a little more of a. It's the South is like kind of the quieter, more indie uh, of the three, such as any like to the degree that any like. 20,000 person convention could be described like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll start off. The first one is uh, it's called Mythic Ocean. This is developed and published by uh, Paraloon LLC. It's the name of the company. Uh, Always like when an LLC is in your name. It's, 
I'm yeah. Look, I just read the listing on the Steam Store, right? I'm trying to be trying to be complete here. No, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. I just think I just think it's, I, it's I important think it's to know. Look, important. I like knowing the tax preferences that my developers <laughs> are able to take advantage of, and uh, the amortization rates that 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 grants them, often in the state of Delaware. Thank you, thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Joe Biden, for that. Thank you, Joe Biden. Uh, That's how we're gonna send off every episode. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank Joe, you Biden Joe Biden for creating for creating a. A, a haven for business in the fine state of Delaware. Assume um, that's as you're doing. Yes. Uh, uh, okay. So Mythic Ocean uh, is a game. It is a, a non-violent game. There's no combat in this particular game. I it like is, this trend. And it's not because I'm like, I'm like an ultra pacifist in video games or whatever. Uh, it's because it seems like something that has been a long time coming since Deadly Premonition was forced to have combat. <laughs> that like games that don't care about combat can leave it out. Yeah, and I think there's been enough games that kind of... The more people do it, the more it's okay to do it. Uh, and yeah. and the more kinds of games you can you can play without combat now as opposed to just you know walking simulators or... Or, or something like that. Anyway, uh, this is an undersea game. I'm a big sucker as a as a marine biology and science kind of guy. I am a big sucker for undersea games. And the idea behind Mythic Ocean is that uh, you are sort of a... You're kind of a, a disembodied spirit in a primordial ocean. Like a, a kind of... A... Uh, I don't know if firmament's the right word. I think that probably means something very specific. But uh, like, firmament's usually like the the land one is on, or the like a kind of like like the dividing. I thought whatever. Uh, It's a anyway. It's an ocean that exists in the in the time before a world is created. So it's it's sort of it's a kind of before time or dream time kind of idea. And it's this ocean, and there's animals and stuff going around the ocean. So it's kind of a world itself. But the notion is that a, a from this uh, primordial sea, a new world is going to be made. And mm-hmm. that world is going to be made by, by uh, these various gods that reside in the primordial ocean. And uh, the gods all sort of have their own characters and characteristics, uh, their own notions of sort of how the universe should be uh, set up and uh, the values uh, that, that should go into it. And it is your job as this sort of wandering spirit to explore the ocean and meet with the gods and converse with them mm. and decide uh, which of the gods you are going to help to uh, create this new world. So, like, therefore, what the characteristics of the of the world that these gods create uh, are going to be. That's that's fascinating because, like, it you know what I would think would be that you would be like looking at you know which god you want to be enthralled to or something like that, right? The the idea that you would be like um, trying on some level to to force a a loyalty or on the player uh, such that they have to make a hard choice or whatever. But the ones that like you find least problematic. So you just like, that's who you join. That's pretty <laughs> cool. Like, I like that. Who, who do you help? Who do you make their world a little bit more of a reality? Yeah. And the gods themselves don't really like the gods themselves are all like animal spirits sort of. Uh, they all are like, there's, I mean, if you click through just the, the basic like promotional mm-hmm. stuff on steam, there's like a nudibranch God, 
uh, little little frond, little frondy things sticking out of it. That's very cool looking. Uh, there's like this big fish thing. There's like a kind of looks like a six limbed otter. Uh, cool. So it's yeah, you're you are you're helping the gods figure out uh, what kind of world they want to create. And then at the end of the game, uh, you, they, they create the world. I, I was like hashing this out with the developer to try and figure out like what the parameters of the game were. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is especially nice on the, like for the indie games at PAX, you can actually talk to the developers as opposed to like the big games, the people that work, the people that are working at the big game booths are either like PR staff for the developer or, uh, temps that were just hired to like work this booth for the weekend. Right. So uh, a lot of the times they don't have a ton of knowledge and insight uh, as t- into the games. Whereas for the indie stuff, you you these are the people that made that actually made the game you're playing. So right, which is uh, like so so much better. So much better, absolutely. Uh, and and they're super eager to talk to people, right? Uh, and uh, so the what happens at the conclude it's the it's a game that you're meant to play a bunch of different times because there's a lot of different choices that you can make. Uh, and, and at the end, the, like when you've, you've completed a run, then like this new world is created and you're sort of told and explained what the, what the, what it, what it's like and what the parameters of it are going to be. But, uh, you mm. do not, there's not like a part, you don't like, there's not a separate part of the game in that world. Like the creation, the transition from the primordial sea to a fully fleshed out, uh, world full of varied and diverse life is uh is the focus of the game not that's like, the game yeah the, yes, the actual, not, you, like, you, yeah you don't not... you don't hang out in the world you've created oh okay i like that uh yeah so uh it seemed like a cool thing it's very pretty uh it's, i i find it very soothing to uh swim around and explore undersea uh escapes well, i really don't like I uh, is when in in those games I'm like attacked by sharks and crap. <laughs> like I really find it. Uh, it's like it, the last thing you. It's want incredibly out of unpleasant, and it's games. like I mean, it's not as someone who has. I mean, I don't do it regularly, and I haven't. But uh, like as someone who very much enjoy has enjoyed uh, scuba diving in the past, I think it's a great experience. Like like it's incredibly calming, and you're like surrounded by like this these awesome ecosystems and like there's not you're not getting attacked by any there's no chance that anything will attack you <laughs> well there are all those sharks right it, like, i suppose it's I, I suppose it's it's mathematically possible but like the, the so many game every undersea game has to like either give into or resist the temptation to have sharks and mythic ocean thankfully resists the temptation uh, good on them I like it. Or if they do, they're like, you know, not not the, the vicious kind of shark. They're a god that you can help build a world out of. Or yeah, that sort of yes. thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah, cool game. Like uh, that's the first one. Next up uh, is it's called Foregone, uh, as in a foregone conclusion. Right, right, right. Uh, and it is... Uh, cyberpunk dead cells would be the best way to put it. Uh, oh, any, any, cool. a glance at it, if you will immediately tell your brain that this is 
a Dead Cells like. This I think is it's Dead co- Cells centric. Yes, I think it's cool that Dead Cells is is its own type. Like that's just it's you like because it, when it came out, it's like oh well, it's a Castlevania, it's a Castlevania like or whatever it was. No, yeah, it's, no, like, it's, it's a Dead Metroidvania. Or Metroidvania, right? But now yeah. that's just that, that now that game is that type of game is just called Dead Cells. <laughs> it's good because it was like the best version of it. So it I was mean, why, uh, why not? Right, so uh, this this uh, distinguishes itself a bit from Dead Cells. Uh, it's a bit uh, kind of faster and more fluid. Uh, there seems to be kind of more like ranged options, um, and uh, yeah, it it's very very stylish. I thought the animations and and uh, and all of that were really awesome looking. Uh, mm. it, it's the sort of this, the art style is really great because there's a lot of games that do that kind of pixel thing. Uh, I think it's hard to come up with one that that really like jumps out at you and says like this is a world I want to check out and like run around in. Yeah, so, I mean, I think like the the trick of it, the trick of like doing something new with pixel art is it has to be something that is, um, I mean, it has to be something that is either like extremely beautiful like well done or it has to be something that is like so unique in terms of its aesthetics and like i feel like that's why dead cells worked is that like it was both but yeah i mean if if you have a uh a a pixel art game that like inhabits a world that is interesting um i definitely will want to play it because there's so many that just don't (laughs) yeah particularly if i mean just that sort of like side scrolling platformy fast combat I think is just really fun, particularly for like short play sessions. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I'm always like because I'm I play a lot of MMOs, right? I I'm always looking for games with short play sessions. So like when I'm not <laughs> like an MMO. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean like for when I'm for when I'm not playing an MMO, right? Like if I want to sit down and sink my face into something for like two hours, then I can do that. Uh but yeah, I can do that in WoW, uh, but I want often I want like an action game that is just like effervescent fun for fifteen to thirty minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So, uh, Forgone, check it out. The developer and publisher is Bl- Big Blue Bubble, hmm. and okay. uh, yeah, very cool art style, uh, cool, very fluid and neat, like stylish combat. Sounds uh, great. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm- there day one for that yeah it's it's cool uh there's a lot of games that kind of look like dead cells so this is this is a good one um and next up is this uh this is very cute uh an airport it's called an airport for aliens currently run by dogs <laughs> i like i like the name of this one this currently one run by uh, the word currently does tremendous work in yeah, that just title. a lot of a lot of heavy lifting yeah <laughs> And I'm I've, I've, I'm absolutely thankful for all the work it's doing. Yeah. Uh, so the concept in this, it is a very much a low res uh, indie indie game. It is it is trying to be goofy and absurd and uh, and uh, yeah, the concept is that you are an alien uh, at an airport for aliens. Uh, you're trying to get, you know, you're you're trying to get from like one planet to the other, but uh, as 
happens in travel. Things are going haywire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're trying you're taking your tickets and stuff from one place to another, and everyone <laughs> staffing the airport is uh, a dog, but uh, a like a like a stock photo of a dog, oh. like, <laughs> like kind of just slapped into the game. Like and the game is sort of a crude 3d and these are just like 2d bit maps. Of I appreciate, I appreciate like if I'm getting the, if I'm getting the summary, right. I appreciate that this is a game that makes it sound like, Oh, like the, the absurd part of this is you're going to be a human trying to get through this like wacky, like interstellar uh, airport that uh, like, but like, here's the twist: it's dogs. But actually, the twist is you're an alien, and you wish the airport was still staffed by aliens. But in fact, yeah, if it was, yeah, but it's but dogs. Instead, is just dogs. The dogs do speak English, uh, and they they all have their different like roles and characters, and they'll have like little like side quests for you uh, <laughs> that can help you move forward with your task of of getting out of this airport. But Wonderful. yeah, there's just little there's this little. Uh, Again, it's like stock photos of dogs, uh, some of which are like just like the most basic shit, which makes them even funnier. I really like that a lot. I like games that have like because I feel like this is another thing, right? Where like the um, the the nature of uh, games is that like if one thing becomes successful there will be so many of them in that like they will just know it's okay to do. So like I think um uh Hypnospace Outlaw in some ways kind of opened up the door. And, and there there are games before this as well. Like you could probably name a bunch of them. But like opened up the door to that kind of like knowing uh silly um it it does remind game. me a bit of Hypnospace in that yeah, it has similar kind of art in that like it's very like uh like day glow and yeah. and garish and like like self-consciously ugly like but i think like any game that actually works like that has to go all the way just like yeah. fully fully like th- right which is, is why you end here. up with stock photos of cross-eyed pugs yeah, and that's just like, like a flat white so, background. Just it works nothing. so much better that if they that it, if they were just like, yeah, look, we're going to we're gonna we're gonna show some restraint here and not go totally crazy. It's like no, you, you just have to like go for it. Yeah, so it is a a, a fun little game. Uh, release date on that one is uh, is is unknown. To be fair, so ah well, so it yeah. goes. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens in that one. But it was just, it was so, uh, it was so charming. And it's like, you know, the, the title sells itself. That's really. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, it's, it's going to get people to buy it just based on the title, which is that, that whole, uh, and you will know us by the trail of dead. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, corollary that if you have an interesting enough name you can yeah you you can just coast you can get, you can get people to pay attention right you can get your foot yep. in the door oh exactly. i should just flashing back quickly uh mythic ocean i should i should say that the release dates on these mythic ocean is out right now oh uh, great so that came out in january uh has has positive reviews uh so far not a ton of them because it's a small game uh but check it out um uh, Forgone is coming out uh, March next year. Okay. Is, okay, great. Is what it says. 
Uh, oh yeah, so airport for dogs, uh, cute little thing. Uh, now we we we're gonna up res and uh, up the production values a whole lot right now. Um, oh sweet, yeah sweet. So the next game is called Iron Danger, okay, uh, and it is by Action Squad Studios and published by Datalik. Uh, which I think I, most... What have they published? I know that... A lot of... Set, like the Battlefleet Gothic, I think was the first... Actually, that might have been Tindalos. Crap. Uh, Datalek has published a lot of stuff. I believe they're a French publisher. Okay. I could be wrong. Oh, no, German. German. Uh, uh, yeah, so they have... I mean, they have a whole bunch of games. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so German publisher is, is Datalek. Uh hmm. Uh, and so this is a tactical, uh, tactical action RPG. Uh, you okay. have you know a couple. You have sort of small groups of uh, usually like two or maybe three uh, people that that run around and do sort of top down. Uh, you know, kind of, it's kind of that isometric perspective that that we're like familiar Diablo-ish with. Diablo-ish kind of. Yeah. Look. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of like Diablo. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not like a CRPG. It's it's closer okay. to Diablo than a CRPG. Um, but like, there's a, a like a, a scripted story and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, the idea with this game, like the the big draw for this, the mechanic uh, is it's got like a time manipulation mechanic. Like your character gets like. Uh, afflicted with this magical artifact thing early in the game that allows you to manipulate time. Uh, and so when you're doing combat, the bottom of your screen will be... Uh, the bottom of your screen will turns into, like, a timeline. Okay. Like, a, like you would see in, in like, a, a movie or sound editor. And that timeline is sort of, like... Where, so it's it's not quite real time or turn based right it's mm-hmm. uh i guess it is real time and that everyone's moving at once but the uh the action is broken up into heartbeats is the oh, way they cool. do it so every every in sort of every heartbeat uh is just a little it's broken up into these little units of time that you can then manipulate and uh and so you know, for example, you're going into combat and uh, you and something runs up and swings at you. You can then pull back the timeline a little bit and set up your character to block that in advance. Okay. And and the expectation, like your characters are pretty fragile uh, and the enemies are pretty tough. So the expectation is that you're going to be doing a lot of like you're going to get wha- there's a lot of you getting waxed and then like pulling back the timeline to avoid the killing blow and do something else with it like oh okay so uh and this timeline mechanic stuff i've seen in other games uh s- similar to this anyway uh i've mm-hmm. seen in uh, in other sort of upcoming games and it's hard to get right so this is one of and i've seen i've played games at other paxes with this mechanic and it didn't work out like it just wasn't it, you could tell it wasn't working but and so i actually had to sit down and play this one and it worked really well like it was really fun okay. to like take your character up against like three guys and then through a combina- through like gradually kind of working your way through this fight like essentially just like turn them all into hamburger by dodging all their attacks and 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 all that stuff so that sounds really fun like it i'm trying to think of a game that it reminds me of but it it like i 
guess it there's there's got to be a few like because that time mechanic you're absolutely right like that's something that has become you've seen yeah you've like seen it in popular. other places but it's hard to nail and and I and what this thing I think that the difference in this one is the is the breaking down of the time into heartbeats so like it's not it's instead of like one smooth thing it's like there, there's a there's a distinct cadence to combat in terms mm-hmm. of how where how everyone's moving and attacking and blocking and stuff reminds so, me a lot of um. Reminds me a lot of uh, how, I mean, in terms of feeling, it reminds me of um, uh, Crypto the Necrodancer, where like the the idea of the single heartbeat just like absolutely dominates the game, right? A little um, bit like it's not a rhythm game, of course, but well, yeah, yeah, there's right. there's yeah there's a there's a time there's a, a solid timing mechanism that goes throughout that governs the 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 pace of combat, and uh, you see that in MMOs too a lot because I mean in practice to keep people to keep players from overloading the system right with a bunch of commands basically every mmo has a global cooldown yeah you know and so but the global cooldown accomplishes that goal of not overloading the servers but it also means that combat gets a cadence to it because there's only so often you can use you know like every second or second and a half you're going to use an ability so what are you doing in between those beats and 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 it Gives a kind of structure to the combat that I think is is pleasurable, uh, just sort of in, in in an innate, instinctive way. Nice. Uh, and the the game is pretty, and it has a sort of interesting fantasy world, and it's uh, like serious, but not like to the point of being grim dark, which I think is a, <laughs> kind of a hard line to straddle. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I like that. It's hard it's to have like easy. blood. In your game and not be grimdark. <laughs> I think that's right. Like it's it's these, tough especially to like, for these kinds of RPGs. Like it's very easy for like these top down isometric RPGs to just be like eh, just lean into the Diablo, and yeah, and I mean a lot do. Um, do. I, like I, there, there's a ton of that going out there. Like, um, but it's so it's actually really positive to see one that is not doing that. Like it's sort of a little a little different. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I, that sounds great. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I love the time, time reversal thing. Like that, that's something that always feels like it should be in more games. And I think because of what you observed, like it isn't. Uh, it's just it's really hard to nail. But uh, hell, I mean, that's like that sounds yeah. really fun. And it feel like the game is is punishing. Like like you you can't make it through. Like it's you're just gonna get wiped out if you don't use it. So you quickly like. I thought at first I was like, oh, this seems like the fact that I can just like re- reverse time and get out of any of my mistakes seems kind of cheesy. But then as I went through, it's like, OK, well, if I couldn't do this, it would be miserable. <laughs> yeah, like maybe you're they meant... made the game and they were like, oof, geez, no one's going to be very good at this. <laughs> like there's a there's a part in the demo where you have to like you're running through like the sights of you're running across like the field of fire of a ballista mm. and like and it just like just greases you if you run <laughs> through it and like i just died a whole, like, i just was like running into a garage door over and over again and eventually figured out with the mechanics like oh this is how i can like sneak a li- i can just sort of like slip around each of these like i can juke each of the bolts using this mechanic oh, and make cool. my way across the make my way across the field and which and and that's so they do cool things and you're you're constantly using this mechanic and it's necessary so it doesn't feel cheesy despite being extremely powerful 
You know, so. actually, I just remembered the game this was reminding me of, the way you were describing it. A totally different game, but it sounds like it uses the mechanic in similarly successful ways to be The Missing. Um, the Missing? Uh, Swery's game. Uh, you ever play that? No. Uh, so Swery, the guy who does uh, I, second, second Deadly Premonition ref- reference of the episode. That's... Uh, it's always a good sign. Um, <laughs> he did uh, Deadly Premonition and other games as well, uh, working on a game called The Good Life right now. But um, he put out a game called The Missing, which has that kind of uh, time reverse mechanic. Um, okay. And, like, the again, like, with that, I, I found myself thinking, like, oh, this is just, like, it's kind of ridiculous that I'll be able to fix everything that I do. But then you find yourself like using it to beat the game basically. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's a totally different game. It's not a CRPG. It's not a Diablo. Like it's not nothing like that. Um, in, in many ways, like the gameplay in it is much more puzzler kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, no, that's uh that's cool. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, and, usually... and that is coming out uh, next week, in theory. It oh, says well, Mar- okay, cool. March 25th. So, well, I'm going to uh, keep my eye open for that. That's yeah, great. I'm, I'm excited for that one if I, if I burn through Doom Eternal super quick. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, you could. I could. I, I, I'm still kind of mystified. Uh, I mean, this is a, a, a slight digression. But, like, I'm... It drives me crazy that there was never any substantial DLC for Doom it 2016. Weird. It's so weird. They could just make more levels. You know, it's, it's people weird. would have yeah, loved it. it. Just like make some more. They don't have to be like have a cool story. No one cares about that. Just make some cool levels and put the cool music in it and release it as a DLC, and people would love it. And that just didn't happen. There was like no. the, the player made levels that you could do, but that's not the same. It's just not the same. Uh, and it always baffled me that they didn't release just level DLCs for that. Like it yeah, seemed like I mean, an it would, obvious like printing money. Yeah, it would. It seemed like it would be fairly easy for them to do, given that the mechanic, like it, you can clearly, you know, make sophisticated levels pretty easily with that engine, or at least they can. And uh, yeah, I. It seems like money they just left on the table because I would have loved more levels for that game. Uh, I played through it a whole bunch on all the difficulties. I guess I didn't beat it I, on the the ultra nightmare or whatever the, the mm. last one is. But like, because you because if you die, you have to go back. It's like hardcore, right? You have to go back to the start if you die. Man, that's and nuts. like, no matter what level you're on, <laughs> that's crazy. It's not just restart the level. You have to go back to the start. So the beginning of the game, yeah, yeah. It, 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 in in a circumstance where you're you can die extremely, like you one tiny mistake is going to get you killed. So uh, I anyway. They should have had more levels for Doom 2016. That's my yeah. that's my I think uh, not they, very controversial take. I think everyone would have loved that shit. Truly risky take, but uh, one that I, <laughs> I can't help but support. Doom 2016 is good. Yeah, it's I'm really getting out on a limb there. No one's uh, saying that. No uh, one, no one's come up with that take. Anyway, uh, the next game on this list is uh, called The Red Lantern. Okay, uh, this seems to be an Epic Games exclusive. Um, All right. Sorry, an Epic Store exclusive, uh, rather. And it is developed and published by Timberline Studio. Uh, should be coming out this summer, in theory. And it is a uh, sort of survival game about uh, dog sledding. So oh, cool. uh, you got your five-dog team. 
uh, and you are mushing your way across sort of a vast frozen, you know, landscape the way you, you do uh, with a dog sled team. Um, and uh, there's forests and tundra and storms and bears and wolves. And uh, there is survival and like supply resource management elements mm. to it. So you're, you're trying basically to stay warm and keep your dogs fed and safe and yourself warm and fed and safe. Uh, as you make your way across this. That sounds, inhospitable it sounds like landscape. Uh, sounds like the long dark. It is a little bit like the long dark, uh, except it's like way more positive. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Well, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's 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 way more upbeat than the long dark uh the, and uh even though of course there are like you know there's danger and and bear attacks and whatever uh and it's kind of it's sort of expected that you're not a, you're 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 going to die and there's like rogue like rogue light elements to it mm-hmm. uh so it's and I, I don't know i have i haven't seen a, a i don't think i've ever seen like a dog sled mushing uh, game before uh, no, that's like, like that, an immersive that, first person take on it so that is 100 percent a uh, a genre that has not been really mined at this point i would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good though like it sounds like especially if it's positive i remember someone telling me about a game where like in the trailer you have to like brutally kill your dog and it's supposed to be like sad you know like oh, oh my geez, god is, yeah that would game, that's this not game has so many emotions i mean and, i don't i hope that's not the thing i <laughs> but like i remember someone saying I, someone mentioning that and they, uh, they were like just maybe never want to buy the game like, uh, yeah this trailer has like a bear like there's a bear that's like pouncing on one of your dogs in a way that i found found like mildly upsetting but it's mm-hmm. not like you know, it's a it's a it's a villainous predatory bear creature, right? Like this is not unheard of in video games. <laughs> uh, so it's yeah. not like a. But yeah, I didn't see I didn't see anything about having to uh, to whack your own dogs. So I would. <laughs> that would be rough. That would be. That rough. would be terrible. And you, there's only five, that can't be the thing. There's only five of them. You can't be. You can't be losing dogs. You can't be. You know. Going really picky about your dogs things. at that point. You can't. You lose one dog from that five crew, that five dog pack, and you're you're down a lot of of dog power. Um, and uh, so it's a full anyway, fifth of your dog power. So it's a fifth of your dog power, idea. mathematically speaking, unless it's one of the smaller dogs or one of the larger dogs. Okay, so almost <laughs> certainly it's not one fifth. Uh, thank you. <laughs> An average of one fifth. Uh, so it was. Uh, it's very pretty uh, and very very cool. Uh, there's and it's like immersive. I'm very into like first person immersive stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that that relaxing and and pleasant. So uh, it, I was I was very much enchanted with uh, with this game and its look uh, when I saw it at PAX. So nice. uh, uh, bring it to everyone's attention. And again, it should be out summer of this year in theory. Uh, another summer release uh, is this next one called Raji. Okay. Uh, Raji, colon, an ancient epic. Uh, uh, developed by Nodding Heads Games. Uh, published by something called Super.com, which sounds European. Sounds fake. 
It sounds fake, but or maybe European. Uh, it's hard to tell uh, sometimes. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's reasonable. I can understand that. Uh, they have, yeah. I mean, they have other games here. Uh, and anyway, so the it's based on uh, some. It's based on uh, an, an old story uh, from uh, Indian mythology. Uh, okay. As in South Asia, like the actual India, not not Native American. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, and uh, so it is the story of a young girl named Raji, uh, who has been chosen by the gods to stand against the demonic invasion of the okay. world. So uh, she's going to rescue her brother and face the demon lord and whatever. Uh, and so this, uh, it's very pretty. It's like it. Calling it a side scroller would not be accurate because the camera kind of moves around. It's a 3D game. Uh, it is. Uh, there's platforming. There's puzzles. Uh, there is. How's the platforming feel? Um, it's not the main focus. Uh, I would say. Uh, okay. There's light platforming. I guess. Would be okay. Better. Okay. Uh, you're you're sort of moving through these big kind of. Uh, these big lush environments with giant statues and uh, you've got your little, you've got your little glowy staff and yours, there's combat sections and there's puzzle sections. Uh, and uh, it just, it had a very cool, uh, it had a very cool look to it. Uh, and uh, it, you know, there's not a whole lot of games that are explicit, explicitly like drawn from and set in uh, South Asian uh settings so true uh, i yeah. thought that this would uh i thought that it would be be worth everyone's attention the art is gorgeous uh and uh yeah that just uh i thought that, that was Sound, a cool one i can't i didn't great. see that's a, like a ton- solid all-around game yeah it just seemed like a cool a cool game that people would enjoy if they're into a sort of pretty uh narrative adventure games um i didn't see a ton of the gameplay uh, there, okay. they the it was not like a it just it's you can't always get a great feeling for what's you know in the demo like not all demos are the same length you know yeah well uh, sure, and, that makes sense. and sometimes it's like okay well this is this is this the start of the game is this halfway through it so uh, I I'm not like super clear on all of the mechanics in this one but uh, it's it it looked very cool so. Okay, cool. Uh, and uh, let's see, the next one, let's see, I click on the wrong thing. Okay, here we are. Uh, Liberated is the next one. Um, and it feels so good. <laughs> this uh, is a very, this is like a noir comic kind of game. Uh, okay. It is developed by Atomic Wolf and published by a company called Walkabout. And it is uncover a noir cyberpunk yeah, cyberpunk tale of revolution in a dystopian near future, and it's very it's all modeled after a comic book, like a black and white, well, you know, like muted colors, stylized colors, uh, comic book. Uh, your character, there's combat, uh, there's dialogue, there's little quick time sequences. It's got a very cool look to it. Uh, looks like there's some like light puzzling sequences too. Uh, but yeah, it's like this, uh, sort of 
intense uh, looking noir game and it's all like comic books and panels and stuff. And Okay, and cool. So like it, uh, I'm trying to think of something that reminds me of, but it, it seems like that was like a thing a few years ago where like people were playing around with the idea of paneled. Yeah. Storytelling. Uh, oh, what was it? The, the wolf among us. I yeah, think that was the, that. Yeah, that, sure. that was a big, that was sort of took advantage of that. I mean, I know max, the original max Payne. I guess all the max Payne games did that to some degree. Uh, the comic. Well, actually Fair. no three yeah. didn't. The first two did. The first two definitely did. Like we're explicitly seeing like comic pages and stuff, right. With the, the lettering and everything. Yeah, uh, so definitely. this is this like the act game action, but this is not just like the uh, this is not just like the the story sections. In this case, the the game action is itself taking place in sort of sequential panels, which are animated. Okay, got it. So like you're you're like doing an action sequence in one panel and you finish it, and then it sweeps you down to the next panel where there might be dialogue or whatever. Uh, and it's smooth, nice and like smoothly animated in a way that kind of stands out from the comic, right? Like you expect a comic to be static and this is static at times, but then it's also like very smoothly and nicely animated at others. Nice. So, uh, which, which stands out in the the setup there. So Hmm. that is due also in summer of this year. Uh, it's called Liberated again, and uh, it looks like there's a demo. I, I, that's cool. I didn't know that. So, uh, all right. So for the next four days, I should do that then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, there, now, wait see, a minute. Is it going to take next, four days? For the next four days, uh, Steam has a, there's, on Steam, you can get a free demo. Uh, oh, okay. I see what you're game. saying now. I got it. Got yeah, it. sorry. That's wasn't clear about that. Yeah, on wow, Steam uh, right now, you can. Yeah, that's quite a bit of time that it's going to do, apparently, like. It it's a limited time thing. It just, I it just, I guess, it just happens to be going on right now. So that's cool. Okay, I'll check. Cool. I'll check well, that's that a out. Nice coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, in speaking of like stylized uh, animated stuff, the next one here is uh, Evolutus. Uh, it got some coverage. It was uh, covered in Kotaku back in December, uh, so okay. people might already know about it. Uh, it's sort of styled like an early '90s anime, uh, that okay. kind of art style, uh, where it's not like well, you, people know what it looks like. Uh, it's still like fairly realistic, right? Like in terms of proportions, and uh, it's not really modeling manga at this point. Uh, well, I guess some of it is. Uh, and But anyway, so this game is animated. It's very cyberpunk. And uh, it is both a narrative game and there's a bunch of action sequences, both combat and, like, you know, riding your cool motorcycle around the cool city. Uh, I'm always good. a sucker for riding my cool motorcycle around a cyberpunk city. I don't know about anyone else. Uh, no, that's, that's that appeals to no one. There's no market. <laughs> that's why you that. never. That's why you never see it. You never see anyone riding a motorcycle in a cyberpunk city. Yeah, it's weird. It's like it's it's really just like something they don't do anymore. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of a a pretty sort of serious. Uh, seems like fairly fairly adult. Uh, not in like a like porn way, but in a. Uh, you know, taking itself seriously, uh, fictional kind of way, uh, where you're you play various characters, all of whom have their own various motives and are trying to you know find find someone or get revenge on somebody else or save somebody else or mm-hmm. you know 
so there's cool, there, there's combat, there's both like some ranged and hand-to-hand combat. Looks like there's some neat like arena sections. Okay. Uh, and it's all like sort of this like hand-drawn animated style that uh, looks very cool. And uh, if you have any interest in cyberpunk stuff, uh, which I'm a big sucker for it, so I'm I'm down for it. I'm a big uh, sucker for retro anime vibes, so that's gonna be my yeah. My I'm down way. for that too, and put it in a cyberpunk setting, and 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 you you sold right me. There. It's it, this is the sort of game where like I I you take a look at it, and it either does not interest you, or you're like I definitely want to play that. Like yeah, basically you know if it if, it, if, it, <laughs> if you're if it into hits, this it, look in this yeah. aesthetic, then you're then you're down, and if you're not, then you're not. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, that's very cool. Uh, next one on the list is another uh, Epic Games, Epic Store exclusive. Uh, it's called The Pathless. Okay. Now, uh, this is... Uh, oh, from, Abzu Devs. I yes, like it's the Abzu Devs, right. Yeah. So uh, Giant Squid is the company, and uh, Annapurna, which I believe also published Abzu, uh, is uh, publishing this as well. It is, uh, whereas Abzu was a like a scuba diving underwater game of the kind that we've described earlier. Uh, the uh, this is like an open world action RPG. Okay. So uh, you are a sort of uh, hunter ninja figure. You have you know you have like a cool ninja style outfit, and you have a bow, and you're sort of dashing and navigating your way around a big open world uh, with lush forests and mountains and stuff. So it reminds me a little, I don't want to say Breath of the Wild because there's so much that goes into that and that's yeah, such, sure. a, such a big important game. But like in terms of being a, the idea of like you are a character with you know, a whole bunch of different options plop down into this giant open world where there's enemies wandering around that you can kind of tackle at your leisure. You can kind of explore or go to the places you want to go and you want to go there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's very Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yes, I, I and I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't want to speak for all the systems or whatever, but, like, it's it's about traversal and combat and, you know, gradually getting more abilities. Uh, and you have your bow and you dash around the forests and you have an eagle friend, uh, which is cool. I feel we like... love having friends who are also uh, of nature. <laughs> Nothing yeah, bad so... about that. Yeah, so it's you sort of you. There's a lot of like you know, you just you're sort of dashing around in really fast, stylized ways, shooting your bow at stuff, uh, hanging out with your eagle friend. So sounds it, great. It is looks very cool. The movement of it is awesome. I love uh, games that allow me to be just extremely fast and fluid uh, in in my movement, and uh, so yeah, there it's. It's a cool looking game. Check it out. Again, I it seems to be an Epic Store exclusive. And it says available 2020. That's the only information I have here. Okay, so pencil that in as 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In my that's experience. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, probably. Yeah. If something like these games that are right about to come out, like they're probably done and we can be, we can feel safe about that. Yeah. Uh, I think like even in the best of times, if a game says 2020, you can sort of like, mentally say like well okay look like i i'll see yeah. this game when i'll see this game when it's about midway through 2021 
Yeah, so, well, yeah, th- oh, this is a cool trailer. So there's a little trailer of, like, dashing around the world, and you're, like, running along with this, like, eight-legged fire critter and and uh, shooting arrows at it, and then you cool. get to jump off a cliff and have your eagle friend carry you, and everyone wants, like, why else do you have an eagle friend? Uh, if they're not, not going like, to have a friend, come up with it. yeah, exactly. Like if they're not going to fl- if they're not going to fly you places, you might as well just have a dog. Um. <laughs> <laughs> bold, bold stances here. This is like you're really you're really going out on a limb this episode. Uh, yeah. So uh, that looked look cool. The next one on the docket is uh, Russian subway dogs. Yeah, I like this one. In, dog in the same. And, yeah, in the and, same and transit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dog and transit themed indie game. Uh, it takes itself only about ten percent more seriously than the other one. Uh, the mm. the concept here is that uh, the Russian uh, the, the the Moscow metro uh, is filled with stray dogs who are just trying to get by. And okay. so uh, these dogs are, you play a dog that is running around and uh, you're, it's like an, uh, it's, it's explicitly an arcade style game. So like you're running around and scoring points by like stealing food from people getting off trains and like evading the guards and the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's it's pretty goofy, uh, and it is again. It does not take itself particularly seriously, uh, but there's just a whole bunch of different like little arcadey challenges that you can do, and the art is fun, and it's all like the station. the The art is all based off of uh, actual uh, Moscow metro stations. So, uh, is it a Russian game? Um, Spooky Squid Games is the developer. I don't know if they're Russian. Okay. I was just wondering if it was coming from a place of admiration or just memory. Uh, I think it's, I think it's admiration. I think, but like, it's just you, you, the, the backdrops to all the various subway things are these very cool art setups that are, uh, taken from the actual Moscow Metro apparently. So, uh, since, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm likely to, to make it to, to Moscow, uh, anytime soon. Uh, this is, you know, I can. I this can, is how you're going to experience Moscow. I, I can, I can experience pixelated Moscow as a homeless dog uh, stealing food from people. It's a really depressing thing to say. I mean, until you get one of those piroshkis in your mouth. I know, and, yeah, and, and then, then everything's then good. Then you're thrilled. Like, <laughs> it's like this is the life for me. The, like, yeah, why then would the hard times just home? melt away. Uh, so yeah, it was a, just a fun looking, fun looking little game there. Yeah. Uh, next one is called unsold. Uh, like you don't like, like you, I'm not sold, sold on this <laughs> as in, you don't have a soul anymore. Like, oh uh, yes, and, I, yeah. U N S O U L E D. So, uh, like your, your soul has been removed. Uh, by some nefarious procedure. So this is uh, this is Zelda like, but in the sense of like the old top down Zeldas. Uh, okay, you uh, it's a, a little. I guess it reminds me a little more, most accurately of um oh oh what's the name? Uh, you talked with one of their developers once. That describes a whole lot of games, though. Yeah, uh, a few. 
uh, which oh, is goodness. great, it's, actually. Thank oh, you, goodness, it's bothering me, but uh, I can't remember it. It was like a pretty pretty popular game from like a few years back. The uh, uh, C. Uh, it was like an action an, an action game. Like it was like zip. Um, uh, an action game, like a. I want. I'm, this is not the name, but you're, I think you can get it. From, it's like hyperspace drifter or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I know it's not that exactly. Drifter. Hyper light drifter. Yeah. Hyper light drifter. Hyper light drifter. It is most, it, it reminded me of that. Uh, in that, that is the kind of, it's like pixelated, but not like cartoony pixelated. Right. Uh, yeah. You know what? That's funny. More somber. Hyper light drifter was what I was thinking of when I thought, you know, like if you're going to do a pixelated world, you should probably have one that like does something either is very beautiful or does something different or, preferably does both and and that is one that is like i mean it's a gorgeous game uh it but is. it's also it's also a game that just like the world feels a little different like it just doesn't feel like your typical yeah uh, so th- it's a little similar to that in that there's like a jaggedness and uh combined with a sense of scale that mm-hmm. uh that that makes it feel uh makes it feel sort of expansive and real i guess yeah. and uh so this has a, like a very kind of like dark a uh, somber vibe to it. It's by, ironically, a developer called Megusta Game. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's uh, it's unfortunate, but okay. Uh, published by P Cube Games, which has a bunch of titles. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this is is similar to Hyperlight Drifter in that you are a solitary uh, figure. Traversing a hostile uh, and essentially broken world. Um, the combat is quite fun and responsive and zippy. Uh, I I was impressed by that. Uh, it has a good like kind of doomy vibe. Not doom in the sense of not like the game doom, but like but the, like kind of yeah, like, like like the world you're in is is sort of just doomed and uh, mm-hmm. and and and. D- and old and falling apart. Uh, cool. So it's a cool game. The combat is very like stylized and fun and snappy. So uh, uh, I thought it was good. And it's it's a little bit like Zelda in that you're you know you're exploring. It's all top down stuff. Uh, it looks like a fair amount of at least parts of the environment are destructible. Like little oh, bits, okay. like you know, like like furniture and uh, you know, like there's. Like plants and furniture and foliage. I mean, it sounds and good. That it sounds fun. Thing. Yeah. So yeah, it looks pretty cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we're we're gonna continue When's moving that coming along. Uh, that is coming out. Let me see. Uh, spring twenty twenty. So okay. Uh, wow. Should soon, be pretty apparently. soon. Uh, nice. in theory, it might get delayed. I suppose, but there's no nothing about a delay here. Um, and yeah, so that looks like a cool one. Uh, next up is, uh, an Australian game called Legacies. Uh, they nice. are developed by not a traditional game developer, but a sound studio, uh, huh. which, which decided they, I was talking to their devs, right? And they're just like, yeah, we normally like do sound stuff for TV shows and movies and things. Uh, and we just we wanted to do something different, and we had to put up together this idea for a game. Hmm. Uh, and uh, so 
they were like, okay, you know, we're a sound studio, so it should be some sort of sound-oriented thing, of course. And that so the concept sense, yes. of the game is that, like, you are operating a submarine. Mm-hmm. And you're essentially... Noticing eco- a theme in some of your games here. I like underwater stuff. <laughs> I don't think anyone should have to apologize for like mm. underwater things. <laughs> no, just... uh, the how many underwater things do we have? We have Mythic Ocean. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back and count. I feel. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I only see two underwater games on this. This is one. the third. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, good, uh, it's good though. We don't yeah. we don't talk about underwater games enough on this show, I, so that's fine. Oh no, we brought up a third because Abzu we brought. Oh up. yes, thing. We brought it's up not Abzu. it's not on the list, but Excuse it's yeah. It's, yes, it's, no, you're one hundred percent right. Yeah, but it has been it has been a recurring theme. Uh, anyway, you are uh, an eco terrorist essentially. They didn't okay. put it that they didn't put it quite that way, but uh, that was that's actually that's what's going on. Um, essentially, uh, you are a little submarine. And you're in the ocean off the coast of Australia, and there are a whole bunch of various industrial projects that are messing up the ocean, and uh, you are uh, going to sabotage them. So uh, you have your little submarine, you tootle around and uh, sort of stealthily uh, sabotage... uh, Stealthily sabotage uh, industrial projects to uh, keep the ocean healthy. And uh, the sort of twist on this game, the thing that I thought made it especially interesting, is that it is designed to be accessible for the visually impaired. Mm. Uh, it's uh, designed to be playable uh, without any like active visual input uh, if you want to do that. So it's like wow. because they're a sound studio, right? So like they've gotten very into like the sonar thing so uh you're they've figured out way like and it's it's hard to describe like the experience of doing it having like the headphones on and and whatever but they they do a very good job of uh creating sort of active audio feedback such that you uh, get a sense of what is nearby you at any given time and where it is in reference to you. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, based on the the input of the sound in your headphones. So uh, the whole That's thing is designed cool. to be uh, visual, again, accessible from start to finish for the, the visually impaired, which I thought was an excellent goal and uh particularly if you're like a sound studio trying to make a game right like that's a cool way I mean, to, just, yeah it fits yeah to 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 use your capacities in a, in a way that is unique so uh yeah so the the navigating around uh purely through sonar sonar pulses is a cool idea uh and uh it's hard to say without having played the full game how well it, it works in practice, but I thought it was very cool. And, uh, yeah, like an eco-terrorism game that's accessible to the, the visually impaired seemed like a, a good mean, no, yeah. a good that, no that, cartridge that, title. Right? That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of a, a slam dunk for me. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like the idea that it's eco-terrorism. I like the idea it's accessible. Boy, it's just like, it ticks all my boxes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, so that was a cool one, uh, and a very small new developer. So uh, check them out by all means. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the next one is called Core. Uh, I got is it Core or Cur? I asked. They they said it was they they said it could really go either way, but they were calling it Core. 
Okay. It doesn't. K-U-R. K-U-R. All, yeah. K-U-R. And uh, this is one of the uh, Quake-like games that has been popping up recently. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah, not yeah, It's sure. not like the Quake engine, like some of them actually explicitly are. Uh, but it is a retro FPS uh, in the... It, it, retro FPS where everything is 3D rendered as opposed to the... Uh, like Duke Nukem Doom style uh, sprite, right? Sure, sure. Enemies, which you know, it's a that, that that's a pretty that's big a crucial divide. Actually. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. That, for me, that's like the big crucial distinction between those generations, right? Like, are we actually like are we in an actual three D environment with three D models, or uh, is it just made to look like that? Yeah. So, uh, like you know, Rise of the Triad. Like, there's a lot of games that that have that use that old style, right? That just you know, using sprites and stuff, which is cool. Uh, this is an actual 3D one. Uh, so it's, uh, I mean, like most of these retro shooter games, there's really not a lot of uh, plot overlay. Uh, no. It's it's about just having some some good fun uh, as 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 rapidly and mindlessly as possible. So uh, yeah, whole bunch of guns, a uh, whole bunch of enemies, a fun kind of sense of humor to it, uh, and uh, yeah, I thought it was. Uh, there's a whole bunch of shooters that kind of. I try to be discerning with the retro shooters because there's a bunch of them. It and, also feels uh, like something that you could just like you could kind of fall down a hole and just start playing retro shooters forever. Yeah, I'm sure if you wanted to, you could you could really do almost nothing else. Uh, if that was if you just decided that was going to be your kind of game, so this this uh, it's a, it it was a fun it was a fun game. It was inventive and uh, the weapons were varied and creative in a way that I think is very important for these nice uh, to work. And uh, oh, yeah, if yeah. you're into quake like retro shooters, check out Kur Kur whatever. Uh, however you want to say it. The, and that's one of the other benefits. You can say it however you want. You say, yeah, you can't you can't be wrong about this. Uh, really, the developer is called Really Ragdoll. Uh, and the publisher is the Quantum Astrophysicists Guild. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. All right. I uh, did say it was. A, it couldn't be. It was like a win-win all around. I think we found one problem. <laughs> <laughs> it has been. I will. I will admit that that this has been. There's been a bunch of like questionable publisher names. Uh, in this yeah. lineup, but I really try not to let that uh, get in the way. You know what, though, it's okay. Cause it's a tough it's, environment out there, and uh, I and, can't name things any better than anyone else. I get it. I shouldn't make fun. It's, uh, it's yeah. it, it, you, I think we lose track of just how many like small game publishers there are out there. No, There's that's fair. Yeah, huge, huge number of of fairly small outfits. Uh, but you know whatever whatever gets these things to market, and uh, they tend to kind of come in like they tend to some of these publishers tend to set up like group booths at packs, so it's like this is the publisher's booth, and then they'll have like a half dozen games from oh, all cool. from different all from different developers uh, that they're showing at packs. So that's a fun way to sort of build developer sol- solidarity. Is too hefty of a word, probably, but like. Like a way to sort of relate to your fellow devs too. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, this is like a group. Yeah, you know, have a the idea of having like a label or something. Right. Uh, and and it's cool to see like 
as just as a fan, you go in and you see like what this like you can see like the a full slate of games that a publisher is doing gives you a pretty good sense of sort of what they're about, yeah. What sort of what sort of stuff they're doing and whether or not they have quality games, because uh, there's some where it's like okay, well, there's a bunch of like this is a bunch of stuff that does not good. like looks like a bunch of like exploitative like teeny anime girl stuff like there's a few there's a few titles like that mm-hmm. uh and a few publishers like that so uh you know you get a sense of what they're into and sure. uh so the next one last one i guess uh i'm extremely excited about this i tried this a bunch uh, i i made sure i got the full the full playthrough uh for this it's called the uh, hard space Shipbreaker. okay um coming Not out hard to- space shit breaker yeah, hard hard space colon ship breaker. Like your the Be thing careful you're... when you are pre ordering this at your local electronics <laughs> boutique. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, O O E B games and the the shopping mall experience. <laughs> uh, uh, this the developer is Blackbird Interactive. And okay. uh, publisher is Focus Home Interactive. So okay, very yeah, and. Uh, and so the concept here is that you are a you are a ship breaker. Uh, you it is you you are a worker. It is your job to dismantle starships, uh, okay. and you are doing so uh, to try and pay back your debts to this uh, terrible company uh, that's employed you. Sort of like uh, very very much a, a diary of a spaceport janitor kind of a feel. Yeah, kind like, of like uh, that. The 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 future, but it's just as terrible as the present. Yeah, there's a lot of that. It's just a recurring theme in games for some reason that uh, that the future is just exploitative, terrible capitalism. Mm. Um, don't know why. Why? Why? I don't. Devs I don't it's yeah, yeah. It's probably not a reflection of anything else. Uh, nothing to worry about. Um, so <laughs> these. So the concept is that you owe like some enormous debt to this company, and so you're doing this this scut work for them, and uh, you are you're given various uh, you're given ships, and you have to take them apart. And the idea is that you're trying to like you you have a whole bunch of various tools to do this. You're in like a first person. You're in like a space suit, and you have like a, a cutter, and you have like a little tractor beam thing. You know, various the, mm-hmm. the the tools you would expect a sci-fi guy to nice. have in this situation, and uh, so you are supposed to take the ship apart uh, in ways that uh, yield the most possible value. So okay. you are dismantling it while keeping like the major components intact and moving them to like in and you're sorting them on the fly into like salvage and you're tossing some stuff into the scrap heap. And there's like th- a bunch of different things, places you can sort of send each component, uh, and you send them by literally because it's zero g, and you're like in orbit, so you just sort of like use your, you're kind of tossing them uh, <laughs> toward towards these uh, portals and stuff. Uh, and the idea is that like the most valuable components in the ship are like the reactor and stuff, but that also the reactor goes critical the second you remove it. So like you have a limited, so like if you go inside the ship and cut out the reactor and start to move it, it'll start to like, you're on the limited clock. And if you haven't like, for example, created a, a hole in the side of the ship to move the reactor out of, 
because the ships are fully destructible, <laughs> right? So sure. like you can cut through any and remove any okay. part of them. So it becomes about like okay, in 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 this fairly limited amount of time, like how how can I most efficiently break down this starship into its valuable components and get those sorted like within nice. this time within this time limit and before the thing melts down and it there's all these various concerns to it and it's but it, it manages to be like very busy but like very like very calming at the same time it was like very much a zen experience uh playing it because it's ever, like you're sort of floating in zero g right and it's kind mm-hmm. of quiet and it's just you and and the job at hand so you're just kind of and you get you can really little buy you can buy upgrades and stuff as you go through oh cool uh, and they come up and the ships are there's like different classes of ships of different sizes and whatever and so it's uh it's not exactly procedurally generated, uh, but it, there's a lot of replay value. And yeah, I just, I found it extremely fun and calming to just like have this, this mentally engaging job and with concerns like, okay, well, like if you cut open a ship without cycling the airlock, then you're going to have like an explosion is like the air is going to blow out and knock you away and you have to like putter your way back. And, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and you, there's just all these various concerns uh, that you only really recognize like when you start screwing up. It's so, like, a little, like, like I, I hate to keep comparing games to games, but like it's, it's a little like FTL that way where like you are, you're, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out the ship and then all of a sudden like, you do something and you're like, oh yeah, like the ship needs air. You've made um, a serious mistake now and you're going to be scrambling. Yeah. So yeah, like, I mean, when I played it, for example, I was like, okay, well I'll just pop the ship open. I didn't realize I had to like, oh, you have to cycle the airlock. And then I tried to like take the reactor out too soon and it started blowing up and I'm like, well, I can just kind of, uh, shove it out the front of the ship that will just be fine and it turns out that wasn't fine this uh, <laughs> <laughs> does, does not end up working out in the way one would hope no it turns out but then the whole front of the ship was gone after that so it was easy to get the rest out <laughs> well there you go I, you know what i would say the the decrease i'm sure that happened afterwards in uh in what like uh you know uh, experience or success was was worth it because you had all that efficiency. Well, yeah, except that I yeah I had also like added mass like I I added way more to my debt than I'd actually managed to salvage because I destroyed so much equipment That's so <laughs> and funny. got myself blown up like twice. Yeah, so it's it's a very fun game. It's like it was the sort of game where like it looked cool and then when I actually sat down and started to play it, it was like oh I'm going to smoke a lot of weed and just like zone out for three hours playing <laughs> get like extremely into this right yeah exactly. it's an extremely yeah it, it's it's a very sort of detail oriented game but it's very like pretty and everything being in zero g and and very much self-contained there's no other people in this in this operation it's just you doing this work so That's it's cool. like it's very it's it's feels sort of industrious and uh contemplative 
in in a way that I really like. So I'm definitely getting a shit breaker. I don't know if basic industrial tasks uh, in space excite anybody else. I turned I I didn't really re- realize that about myself until I started playing this, and then I was like, oh. If there was a game that just allowed me to like do an extremely basic job at like a spaceport or whatever, then like I would probably play that game for two hundred hours. Like, like it turns out, I just want to be like I just want to be like a plucky and industrious worker in like a uh, superficially better future. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I, and what is what is uh, gaming if not a, a an act of self discovery? I think if you like, if you discover that that is what you want in life, um, then then you know what you should. That's like now you can go for it. Now you can just try to get uh, gradual increases in living standard until we have uh, Joe Biden's uh, start. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know what Joe. I'm trying to like think of what Joe Biden would make of like this game, like whether or not he would just like be extremely confused by it or think that of like oh this actually was. like this actually like this focuses me in a way that nothing else has. Like I think Joe Biden would think it was real. I mean that's, like, <laughs> that's that's where we're at with this. I think I don't think there's any any account of what's happening here other than Joe Biden would think this was a real thing. And uh, and that is sad, but yeah. but you know that's that's where we're at. Well, um, there's and there's so, <laughs> it's even it's become hard to even make fun of Joe Biden because it's like there's such a like a booming industry in Joe Biden impressions now. Like yes. if you if if you even attempt a Joe Biden impression, you have to like really be prepared to bring it. So oh yeah, you have to be very good. You can't you can't because there's do... so many people doing like really high level ones that I I mean I just I'm a fan of the of the form. I really I try not to dabble myself. Yeah, uh, I I like reading them. I try not to create them. I think I've wrote, I think I've written never. Like, yeah, I think I've written one. Uh, I think in text you can. It's a little easier, but like I, I've actually like I'll cop to like I've listened anytime I'm like feeling stressed. I put on the E one Joe Biden episode oh, because yeah? I okay. I feel it's just like every time I listen, I feel it's just like pounding my brain into sand, like just. <laughs> just <laughs> dust and pow just in and and it's really soothing it's like it's really it's like a it's like an asmr experience except that the sound is like your own brain being gradually like shake being like gradually processed in a rock tumbler yeah yeah i mean it's reduced uh, to complete smoothness <laughs> that's like so the, that that can be your uh that can be your um your plug for today, just like go listen to E1 Joe Biden. No, yeah, if that's true, if you are feeling stressed about the state of the world, you can listen to that, and and you'll just come out the other side with no, nothing but chill, nothing but mm. chill, and nothing but a calm, uh, calm security in the state of the world and everything that's going to happen. Uh, and I, I know that within my lifetime, I'll be able to be in orbit uh, disassembling ships uh, Wonderful. and Amazing. cataloging their components uh, for my benevolent employer. Oh, that's so exciting to hear. Well, I can't wait to, I can't wait for, for you to get there. I can't wait for me to get there either. Uh, but yeah, Hard Space Shipbreaker coming out uh, summer 2020. Uh, looks like a very fun game, uh, right up my alley. Uh, and the, the the folks I was there uh, at PAX with uh, were 
confused at first by the presentation, but after a couple of minutes, we're like, oh, I totally get this. Like, oh, nice. It's, it's, it's a little much to take in at first, but as soon as I sat down with it, it was like, oh, this is so much, like, this is just so enjoyable and fun. So, uh, yeah, that's, that is it. That is the, the rundown of the games, the indie, indie and indie-ish games that I thought were the coolest, uh, the coolest stuff at PAX. Uh, Great. And... Uh, yeah, props to all the developers making all this stuff happen because a lot of these are you know small developers and they don't have a lot of opportunities to get their stuff out in front of the public. And there's so many games that come out that you know I try to. It's really sad to think of how the um, how this is going to affect them. Uh, I hope. I hope. Yeah, it's. I mean, I hope it's, people still buy these games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope people still buy these games and uh, that all. All of your listeners uh, can find something so in this list one. that excites yeah. them. Yeah, at least one of these varied games uh, that excites them. Uh, and most of them should be coming out in the next few months, in theory. Uh, we'll see uh, how they get affected. But uh, stuff to look forward to, all the same. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much. And uh, like honestly, this was great. I I so appreciate you doing this for us. Why every time PAX comes around, I love I love getting these updates. So, well, know, I love having an excuse to like actually like catalog all these games myself because I <laughs> I people before I did this, I would just try. I would be like, oh well, did I see that or what? Which I I would just forget half the games I did, and actually like this pushes me to like see them and sort out mechanics and like sort out my feelings about them in a way mm. that uh I don't necessarily do uh if I'm just there by myself doing doing my thing. So uh it so yeah it's it's good to like have an assignment to go check out these games. It's the closest <laughs> the closest Wait. I'm willing to come to journalism. You're on assignment to go check out some games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well thanks and Tony and is there, are there that, any books that you have to buy that you're that you're selling that you're writing, or you had something to say there? Sorry. Oh, I, uh, I mean the the books I, that I have are the same. I don't have any new okay. ones out. Uh, the Extreme Life of the Sea, uh, which came out in 2014, and uh, another one is uh, Blood Plagues and Endless Raids: A Hundred Million Lives in the World of Warcraft. So uh, those are those are the two things you can buy. Uh, I write at the Washington Post sometimes uh, about, you know, topics related to game culture and whatever. So uh, that's that's my thing. If you want to pick up either of those books, by all means, please do. Uh, do so at your local independent bookseller if that's an option. I know it's not really an option where There's I live. so many it is not an option, right? Yeah, it's the, the only, like, the closest thing to an independent bookseller around here is a chain called Half Price Books. And they're actually, like, pretty solid bookstores. Like, the, the, they're, the staff is good. The offerings are good. There's actually not, like, a, a problem with them except that, like, they're not really an indie bookseller. And the name itself, like, just, like, I hate the name so much. I hate the notion Half like price you're, books. You're putting in the name the notion that these aren't valuable. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's so so weak. You're like you're leading with the notion that oh well these are discounted at least. Like come on, people 
Yeah. So I, I, I object to it on those grounds, but, uh, perfectly reasonable, but yeah, uh, by all means support your, your independent booksellers. They're getting absolutely slammed. I saw that Powell's, uh, in Portland is, ba- I mean, had to basically close down and is, and is at least temporarily laying off almost all their staff. Oh man. Uh, which is terrible. I mean, hopefully they'll be back at some point, but you know, they don't have work on those they don't have margins that that really allow them to do, uh, you know, just just sit around for months and months not not earning anything. So yeah, uh, that's really rough. It's like, and, and I'm sure there's all plenty of they might come back, but there's going to be a whole bunch of places that aren't able to come back. So mm. uh, that is a terrible thing. I really hope they do come back. Like seeing, like. Seeing like your book on the shelf at Powell's is like one of the like coolest things that like happens as an author. Like when you actually get your book out in the wild, and if you're able to make it there, like because uh, they have huge selections. So like like even my shit is there is what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 even my shit is there, and it's just the like, but it's like it just feels incredibly cool, uh, and and it's sort of like. Powell's is like, a, especially for those of us on the West Coast, is sort of like this, it's very kind of like special place and like rite of passage if, it, you know, uh, once you actually publish your stuff. So uh, I really hope that it'll be back. And, uh, and yeah, uh, by all means, uh, support your local independent booksellers. Your libraries are probably closed down at this point. I know mine are, so... Uh, that's well, where you yes, gotta... they are because right? <laughs> of all the. I was like, boy, no, it's like it's like fine. It's like uh, it's, it's it was only libraries, this week. Libraries Dude. are doing great, and I was like, oh yeah, no wait, they are closed yeah. for a different reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was only this week that they closed around here, but still, like if you're that if you're gonna get books in the next couple of months, that's probably gonna your your indie bookseller is probably the only way you're gonna be able to get them. So yeah, uh, yeah, support those and. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I mean, I don't, I have the books. That's those, those two books are what I have to plug and that's about it. So, uh, I hope to hear, oh, I hope to hear more about your, your book, right? Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, it's it's, isn't like getting, we didn't really get to talk about that, but but I'm I'm extremely excited to hear about that. And, uh, and and for that to for that to appear whenever it appears. Uh, yeah, no, uh, right now, 2021, that's what they're saying. Okay. You know ostensibly we'll see we'll see what we'll see what things are like by then yeah yeah so there's... um but yeah well thanks for being <laughs> on man uh, and, and come back again very soon yeah i mean we'll 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 see if the pax conferences happen uh i expect again. pax, PAX, PAX will be <laughs> I, no pax will start up again at some point uh i just don't know when that will be because a, a, a gathering of that size like thousands and thousands is is going to be like a big lift uh for for a while i think so hopefully maybe by labor day things are things are loosening back up but we'll see all right well we'll be there for that and uh yeah thanks a lot man talk to you soon all right i very much enjoyed it uh good luck to to you and and everyone in the no cartridge galaxy (laughs) the far-flung frontier hey thanks for listening to no cartridge if you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash nocartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. 
it's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.